Hi, friends. I'm Tanya Luna, psychology researcher and writer. And I'm Brian Luna. And it's easier for me to believe right now with everything going on in the world that Dracula was a real person. And you're listening to Talk Talk Psych to Me. A show where we take research out of the lab and into the street. Let's get into it. All right. I'm tempted to follow up on the Dracula comment. (laughs) However, we have so much to cover today. Oh, shoot. Is this a two-parter? This is a two-parter. But it's kind of, it's more Are we starting with the second part or are we starting with the first part? We're, this is going to be like Pulp Fiction. We're going to start a little bit in the second part, come back to the first. <laughs> oh, I like I how like you're it. thinking about this. So then this. we can make it into like four parts for the extended edition. All right, so it's up to you. You're, you're leading this. We're, yes. I don't even know what we're talking I about. I can see you've had your caffeine today. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually, it's a two-parter. I want. I have so much to cover that I want to talk about this in two episodes. But it's more Hence than a two-parter. Parter okay. Because we're going to be talking about a meta-analysis of research. So a meta-analysis is a whole bucket full of different studies mm-hmm. put together in one study. And we're going to try to make sense of all those studies. Exactly. Gotcha. So it's like the author, in this case, Jamie Harris of the Sentience Institute, he compiled this research in 2021, so mm-hmm. last year. So it's looking at patterns across all those different studies. Okay. Meta. About one subject. Exactly. Ah, okay. Because yes. at first I was like, so we're going to be talking about all this no, stuff. No, Jamie was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just going to start studying. T- I'm going to study all that shit. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. That's kind of what this podcast is. It's just- yeah, but it's one episode at a time. Jamie was yeah. like, has nine books open. He's like, I just can't stay focused. All right. All right, Jamie. No, no, no. Jamie, Jamie was focused. It's so, so a meta-analysis in general is, it looks at the results of lots of different studies. Uh-huh. By the way, I found this particular study, I just want to give credit to an amazing organization called Faunalytics, where I've been a volunteer writer, and they look at research that supports animal advocacy. But we're not going to be talking specifically about animal advocacy. Jamie Harris's question was, actually two questions. Question number one was... Well, he can't stay focused. (laughs) Jamie, stick with one question, one say... All right, Jamie, go ahead, hit it. I'm still cracking up at the idea of a meta-analysis. There's just... (laughs) And then for my first study, I'm going to look at marshmallows. And for my second study, I'm going to look at... Celery turns the color uh, the, of the water it's in. And for my third study, it's like a science fair. His it's brain is like a science fair, fair, fifth grade science fair. Oh, Jamie Harris, I'm so sorry. Okay, just two questions for Jamie. Okay. Question number one. Can you, meaning one, mm-hmm. influence public opinion? Oh. And if so, how? Wait, so so that, that if so, how is the second question? That's the second okay. question. Because you may as well not answer the second question if you... If it, if yeah, because the, the first one's a closed-ended question. Can you? Yes. And that's the end of the study. But if, you know, if the research shows, no, you can't influence public opinion, then it's like, okay, then then we're done. <laughs> Thanks. Well, both of them are done because <laughs> you're not asking any follow-ups, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie did a great job. This is a wonderful meta-analysis. It was 50-something pages. I'm going to try to distill it into two episodes Damn. for those listeners who have a passion for changing the world, changing public opinion. But I promise that all the things we talk about, or almost all the things we'll talk about, will also apply if you're just trying to change one person's opinion or a small group's opinion. Okay. So, in particular, Harry's... Harry's... <laughs> Harris. I'll just call him Jamie. We yeah. don't know each other, but Jamie's easier to say. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Are you calling J.H.? J.H. So, so, he reviewed research that looked at what's called moral circle expansion. All right. What that refers to is increasing the number of people and all living beings that we give moral consideration to. So in my moral circle, if I only care about you, Brian Luna, mm-hmm. then I'm like, screw everyone else. I don't care. If I expand my moral circle to include 
our neighbors and people in other countries and other species, then my moral circle grows and grows and grows. Well, I prefer the former, where yeah. all the focus is on me. But like, So basically, if your goal is to narrow my moral circle to just mm-hmm. care about Brian Luna, just do the opposite of everything Jamie Harris found. Oh, okay. All right. Let's go, Jach. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I think that most of the things we'll talk about, you can expand to any kind of opinion change mm-hmm. and public opinion change. But in particular, this study looked at changes that influenced who people cared about. Like, can you get the public to care about more than just their friends and neighbors? And well, Okay. All right. So it's never the opposite. Can you have your neighbors care only about this particular group? Who would want that? Um, well, I think with our political climate right now, that's yeah, exactly that's what's been going on. I guess it seems biologically we've sort of evolved to care very deeply and have great empathy for the people who are most like us, even as, as small children. Like even young toddlers, if you tell them, hey, this puppet likes the same food that you like, mm-hmm. if they're watching a puppet show, they're going to root for that puppet that they have a similarity with, even if that puppet turns evil. Hmm. So we're naturally very inclined to keep our moral circle focused on the people who are most like us, that we have the most in common with, to our species. I mean, not even, it it doesn't even go, for most of us, it doesn't even go beyond species. It just goes to, like, the people that we most identify with. So this research and everything we'll be talking about is, you know, questioning how do you help people expand that moral circle. But again, if you don't give a shit about expanding moral circles, all of the research we'll talk about will still be (laughs) useful for (laughs) Yeah. Can you think of some examples where, as a society, we've changed our minds and expanded our moral circle? I guess last summer, during the BLM movement, we attempted to expand our moral... It was a very awkward expansion of the circle. Well, it was a painful expansion, yeah, right? Yeah. It was it was an evolution, right? So I, I think we, we evolved really quickly that summer, which is why there was a lot of violence, which is why there was a lot of anger, which was why there was a lot of passion... So I, I think that was our last attempt mm-hmm. uh, at, at trying to expand our moral circle. Well, I guess with the war in Ukraine, too, all of a sudden people started caring about Ukraine. Sure, sure, absolutely. And, and like, because that, that didn't happen overnight. Like, that yeah. turmoil with Russia and Ukraine has been happening for about 40 years or something like that, give or take. Oh, we went from, you know, I'm, I'm from Ukraine mm-hmm. and I grew up in the U.S. for the most part. And I got the question of like, so Ukraine's a part of Russia, right? <laughs> and finally, I feel so vindicated. Yeah. I wish it didn't take a war. But all of a sudden, you've got the, like a typical American just caring about some random country that yeah. they potentially never even heard of or thought it was like a piece of some other country. So, yeah, yeah, I think those are those are really good recent examples. I mean, even things like legalizing same sex marriage across many countries, racial desegregation, a willingness to vote for a black or female presidential Mm -hmm. candidate. Like those are all examples of that moral circle going, oh, I care about you, even though. And and I guess and this is going to be this is very I don't know if this is a triggering topic or or what I'm going to say. Not Dracula, but um, the abortion topic. I mean, you have this other group who's looking at it from a moral perspective, you know, and thinking like abortion is wrong. So we're trying to expand that moral circle. Yeah. And we're other people. It's about it's about basic rights, you know, that are saying that's a really hard one because it's almost like two groups trying to change their moral Mm -hmm. circle in a different shape. Exactly what I'm talking about. Like, you you know, it really does depend on which side of the topic you're on. Well, and and that's one of the things we'll talk about, probably not as much today, but definitely in the next episode is the the connection between trying to change people's minds and trying to change policy or trying to change legislation, because that's in many ways the ultimate goal. Yeah. 
So lots of people try really, really hard every day to change public opinion. Mm-hmm. Like some of the things that you talked about, one of the ones that I'm often involved in is trying to abolish factory farming, yeah. gun control. That's another one mm-hmm. where you know the fight is often to attempt to change people's hearts and minds. Right, right. So let's start with this question. Does public opinion matter, though? Like, is it even worth it to try to change people's minds? I, I think so. I think because... One person screaming on a soapbox could look like lunacy, right? But a group of people have to be hurt. The more people, more people's minds are changed, the more people you have on board, the more uh, light you have on this subject, the more uh, more it becomes a talking point. Because like I said, one person on a soapbox is bananas. I remember on 72nd Street back in the day, there used to be a woman there holding a sign. One week it was like animal rights, then it became about um, abortions and it was one person and because she was showing these graphic images and everyone knew her as the screaming lady mm. or the petition lady. Um, and that's, did you see the petition lady this week? Oh, did you see the petition? <laughs> yeah. And that's how it became. No one cared about the cause, even mm-hmm. though it, it meant something to me. I guess it legitimizes then. it, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you have a few, like, have you ever seen that video? It's like evolution of a dance party. Yeah. And you just see like one dude dancing <laughs> yeah. and like everyone's looking at him and laughing. And then another person comes up and then. Probably it takes maybe about 10 people getting up and dancing Mm -hmm. before literally everyone on the beach gets up and they're dancing. So, yeah, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And most importantly, Jamie Harris agrees. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jay. But it also um, public opinion matters with certain things that we accept in our culture. Hottest song, uh, yeah. reviews matter, Rotten Tomatoes. How many times have sure. you given a movie a chance yeah. because it had like 90% oh, that's true. Rotten Tomatoes? You're I don't like, oh ever God. do anything. For the most part, I don't watch a TV show or pick yeah. a doctor oh, yeah, without totally. seeing public opinion. <laughs> no, but like... <laughs> but even... And then if my review is different, like if I if I really <laughs> liked something and it has low reviews, it makes me question everything. Everything. Like, like, should boy, I, am I wrong? Is society wrong? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Like uh, recently, uh, we picked a new show to watch, and I can't remember what it was. Um, it might have been Girls Five Eva, and you were like, "What's the uh, Girls what's Five the... Eva?" I picked that show, and you're like, "Yeah, what's the score? You know, what, how many Rotten Tomatoes?" I was like, "It's like ninety, and you're like, oh, "Okay, I'll watch it." I don't think it's ninety Rotten Tomatoes. No, ninety percent. No, I think it's ninety tomatoes. No, ninety percent. Yeah, it's I know, but you said ninety Rotten Tomatoes. No, I meant, that I meant like awful. ninety, ninety percent. I think ninety percent. Healthy tomatoes, ten percent rotten tomatoes. No, no, <laughs> it's got a ninety percent on rotten tomatoes for sure. So if it's so under you're fifty, right. it's so, rotten. So absolutely, public opinion impacts what we watch, <laughs> what we buy. <laughs> it also has influenced. So based on the meta analysis, it has influenced legislative outcomes, Supreme Court decisions. We've had a bunch of those lately. Mm-hmm. Corporate practices like prioritizing diversity in hiring, mm-hmm. paying women as much as men or um, pledging not to sell eggs from caged hens. Oh, okay. Those are all... I was um, like, that was a weird jump. You were like paying <laughs> paying women the same, not selling eggs. And I was like, I don't I don't, I don't mean the... women's eggs. I mean chicken. That's what I was like, where, where are we going with this? Tea? Chicken women's eggs. Chicken... <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, point is, those are all changes that have happened seemingly as a result of public opinion. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of public opinion, I'm going to deviate from my Uh-oh. usual... Here And I'm going to say, hey, you, if you're listening, if you haven't left us a review yet, your public opinion matters to us. I know Brian looks so confused. Oh, right and now. as usual, thank you for listening to <laughs> Talk Psych to Me. No! Dun, I, just dun, I, dun. I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> just a little pattern interrupt. Hey, uh, if you're listening, if you haven't <laughs> left us a review yet, please do. It helps us 
just feel good, let's be honest, yeah. or feel bad if you leave a bad review, yeah. let's be honest, uh, or or learn, and it helps search engines and find it helps this people show. find. Yeah, it helps spread the word. And like we said, like we won't watch Girls Five ever without a review. People won't listen to Talk Psych to me without that your review. review so. so, thank you for listening to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to our regularly scheduled Wow, you really are not enjoying this pattern interrupt. I, you know, I don't. We talked about rituals last time. <laughs> anytime you, anytime you mess this th- things up, I'm like, my foot's pumping now. Oh. I'm, I'm like pumping my leg. <laughs> All right, so it seems worth it to pursue changing public opinion. <laughs> Sorry, this is, this threw me for a loop. You're out. Keep going. No, you're yeah, out. and for this reason, I'm out. <laughs> uh, what was he saying? Uh, so. The research suggests it is worth it to attempt to change public opinion if you mm. want to influence things like corporate practices and uh, legislation and which movie is on top uh, on Netflix, I guess. Um, five <laughs> but, okay, so the question is, is it even possible to change people's minds, especially en masse? So it's hard enough, um, like, in a, bu- a bunch of oh, people. Oh, en masse, okay. I don't know. En masse. So what do you <laughs> On mass. On mass. I don't know. Uh, include the proper uh, pronunciation in your review, please. Um, that, <laughs> okay, so in mass. So, in ma- en mass. So, <laughs> a, a whole what bunch of people. What are you waiting for? <laughs> Go ahead. So, this, the rest of the show is going to be filled with subliminal messages <laughs> for a show we very much like called Girls 5 Eva. Uh, but yeah, like I've known you for quite some time, over mm-hmm. a dozen years or so. And I still struggle to change your mind. So mm-hmm. changing a whole bunch of people's minds Easier than changing one person. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, but each of those people is a person. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> but, but as a group, I think we tend to lean towards the majority if we're in this group live. Not like if we're, if we're you know, watching it from afar and like... Oh, oh you're oh, saying as a group, yeah. as a cluster, it's mm-hmm. easier. Oh, I mean, think about that. Like, think if you go to a concert... Everyone starts clapping at the same time, or if you're at a, uh, a football game, or well, a yeah, but you're picturing yourself like changing hearts and minds of an arena full of people. You're talking about changing hearts and minds, or changing the spirit of the team. You're talking about when you start a cheer, you're hoping to boost the spirit well, of your players. For sure, right? I get that piece, and I think that's an interesting nuance of it. But the question is, can you change public opinion with society as it is now, with everyone sitting in their own room? Well, yeah, I think so. I, I think. Uh, I think social media is a is a big crowd. Let's say like a, a version yeah. of an arena. And, and if you're already logging into someone who who sort of thinks like you do, yeah. then you're halfway there, right? Okay. So like, I'm not going to go into and listen to. I'm trying to think of some Rush Limbaugh's uh, uh, thing and and be like, oh, let's oh, see my if you can change. My, yeah, my, I'm thinking. Okay, so you're things. saying it's possible to scoot people's minds over mm-hmm. versus change them, flip them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So do you want to hear what Jamie Harris found? Yeah. In the meta analysis. <laughs> Does he go by Jamie or James? Uh, in the Jimmy. I, I don't know Jamie Harris, although I hope to one day. But he signed it, Jamie Harris. Okay, Jamie. <laughs> Not Harris. signed it. He published it under the name. <laughs> He's Jamie like, Harris. dear Tanya. <laughs> anyway, so here's what we found. Uh, which, sorry, I don't know why I just inserted myself in this meta analysis. Here's we what we found. <laughs> here's what. Jamie- <laughs> in mass on Moss, me and Jamie on Moss found. <laughs> He found it's complicated. So some approaches to changing public opinion work, some don't, and some actually... Fascinating. Some... So he's saying... 
Sometimes. Some work and some don't. And some backfire. Hmm, I need to see his receipts Hold for on. his grant for some his Some backfire. This is really important because what that tells us is sometimes it's better to do nothing Ooh. than do something. All right. I'm halfway now, there, baby. Now I'm you're halfway interested? there. Okay. So in nearly all cases, what the research shows is that the impact of public opinion is very small and lasts just a few days or weeks. Hmm. So the, whatever interventions we're thinking about, all of them, even the best ones, have a very, very, like you said, it's more of a scoot than, hmm. a, than a total transition. And they're very short-lived. Okay. I'd like to change my answer. To what question? <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> Pick one. So basically, I don't even know you asked me this. I, I guess it's pretty, when you ask this question, I'm going to change my answer to this. Okay. So I remember reading about this gentleman. Uh, he was black and he went to talk to members of the Ku Klux Klan mm-hmm. and he didn't sit on in front at a pulpit and talk to a, a bunch of of clan members. He just talked to one right. clan member at a time. I don't even know if his goal was to turn their minds around or if his goal was to say, hey, you're talking to someone that you hate, that you've never met, yeah. that you hate because of my skin, because of where I'm from, because of the whole thing. See if you see if we can communicate. And in doing so, he turned a lot of these clan members, he had them turn their backs on their on their clan. On their beliefs. So, on their beliefs. So, yeah. I, I, I guess going back to, does it work better in, in on Moss, or does it work? <laughs> so better you don't think he would have had quite the same results if solo. he did like a TED talk for an audience full of KKK. KKK, members. that'd be a tough sell. I don't know how you'd open with TED talk. Oh, clan talk. Because um, I think that's yeah. one of the bravest, smartest things I've ever read. And I remember when I read about this, with everything going on in the world, it made me cry because I was like, yeah. wow, like. The bravery of that gentleman to go out there and say, I, I don't know what's going to happen when I pull one-on-one mm-hmm. in front of someone who whole existence hates me for being black. I'm going to go and sit down and I'm going to talk to them and find out. Yeah. And it's just something that I admire. It's something that I wish um, I wish I could incorporate in my life more. Uh, not that I want to talk to more clan members. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> Sign me say, up for if all talk. my clan friends, I wish I could really no, sit down and talk. No, I hear what you're saying. I mean, that, that's why I think this topic is so important is each of us does have the power to change, if not a whole group's mind. Sometimes mm-hmm. you... It's a major victory just to change one people's yeah. way of thinking, and then that has ripple effects. One people's way. Did I say that? One yeah. person's yeah, way. Yeah, I think that's of... better. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, the, and I asked myself this. I have to say, when I first read, like, the, the beginning parts of this study, I felt pretty deflated because I was like, okay, very small effect and very short-lived. Is it even worth it? But I personally, I think that it is because we do see that if well-timed, if that public opinion change happens, let's say right before a vote or in a moment where there's a swell of enthusiasm for a certain topic, that can change public policy, which then goes on to change the way people behave much more than public opinion can. Hmm. So I still think it's worth it. So you got to look on your face, though.
You're sober and single? Tune in to the Sober Dating Podcast with Kathy Vandenberg. We are constantly evolving and learning new things. This is why at the Sober Dating Podcast, we not only talk about expanding your love life, we share space with the many subjects that surround love and recovery. Through exploring our traumas, we build ourselves into better human beings, ultimately becoming better partners to those we choose to connect with in love. Join us as we explore the richness of sober love, beauty, many experience, and solitary life and how recovery brings it all together. The Sober Dating Podcast, new episodes weekly. Join us for conversations that will set you and your love life in a new direction. I'm I'm sure we'll cover it in a minute. I'm just thinking about during, we were talking about it in the car uh, just the other day. um, Our listeners don't know about that. Are you sure? Because I had the mic on. Um, uh, no, no. It was, it was, we were talking about it in the car and listeners, I don't know if you remember this, but during the whole BLM movement, one of the things that frustrated me was people telling in mass uh, how to be better people, mm-hmm. right? There was a guy on my social media that was like, here's a list of books so you can better understand, you know, uh, how racism works. And this is this is a white guy. I was like, I just need to go to the store. You know, like I don't need. I I, I go to the grocery store. I can uh, that I I'm in all those books. You know, like what the, I don't understand. So it, it really did help me like tune out who was trying to to actually make a change and who is making themselves feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that... yeah. I mean, that's why I think this topic is so important because you would think that changing someone's mind is as easy as just making a really good impassioned argument but if a bunch of times that either falls flat or even backfires then i think you know even if that change in public opinion is small and short-lived because it can have such a big impact i think it's important to figure out how to do this well and at the very least how not to screw it up yeah so jamie harris looked at uh, lots of interventions i'm going to share four that i think are easy for anyone to use whether you're trying to change one mind or millions of minds (laughs) in mouse and today in this episode we're going to be talking about kind of direct influence and then in our next episode we'll talk more about things like protests and social media and mass media and things like that all right number one you kind of already said this one uh, I like to think of it as crafting Goldilocks messages. I don't. I never mentioned Goldilocks. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but you did. You you said the sentiment of this. What Harris's meta analysis shows is the most influential messages invite an opinion shift that's not too small and not too extreme from what someone already believes. So as you're saying, Rush Limbaugh probably not the best mind changer for mm-hmm. you, but someone who is a little bit more maybe extreme in their belief than you are. That is the message that's most likely to impact you. So a message that comes across as too radical can even backfire, intensifying Mm. people's opposition to your message. Can you think of an example when someone tried to convince you of something and it backfired? I guess like the books that you mentioned. Yeah, the books. Because you care a lot about racism and and anti-racism, but someone telling you, you have to read these books made you be like, you know what? Maybe racism yeah. isn't so bad. Yeah, I was, saying, I was like, maybe, maybe we could do a little more. No, no, I never said it. But I, I, I think, um, okay, here's something that a lot of people aren't going to agree with, but uh, it's something that I, I feel the whole sentiment towards police and how people were like, F them all. And growing up, we had a, a really weird relationship with police. Like we never, if I saw a crime, 
we didn't. You didn't feel safe. We didn't save shit to the police. That's just not what you do. But I had family members that grew up to be really good, good men and women that grew up to be really good officers, and they were good. Even growing up, my dad, who was a convicted felon, still had me respect the police. Mm-hmm. Like, still had me, and, and not and just w- out of fear. Like, out no, of no, no, out of res- like e- even I remember there was an incident that happened with my sister a long time ago and um you uh, put her on blast no 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 no. i'm not gonna it was it was a it was a domestic violence situation and um they called my dad they didn't have to the police yeah they, they knew my dad and you know they my dad knew a lot of officers in our neighborhood and they didn't have to and they but they did and that was a huge thing that, that i i can't express i can't get into detail about it but that was a big thing for, yeah. for my dad to be there for her in that moment. Yeah. So I don't believe that. So, so like when people all were, cops or bastards kind yeah, of message for yeah. you. When, when, was, it went against everything. Backfired. Yeah, it went against everything. It you made know, you more sympathetic. I, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it just made me think like, oh shit, I need to rethink who I'm siding with, so to speak. I need to rethink who and what I'm protesting. Did you go back what. the blue? No, no, I didn't back the blue per se, but it made it really hard to jump on the defund the police bandwagon until mm-hmm. I knew for sure what exactly that meant. Because some people, great point, it, yeah. it had, it went from, they don't need as much money, this money, some of this money can go into the community to, we don't need police in the city. Mm-hmm. And I was like, not where I'm from. That's a perfect example of a message that was meant to stir up passion and anger and mm-hmm. kind of convert uh, awareness, people's way of right? thinking. Yeah. And, uh, and for you, uh, yeah, great example of backfiring. And I think, you know, back the blue and all lives matter in many ways is backlash to, to black lives yeah, matter. Yeah. It's a very unfortunate backlash because people didn't, weren't in a place to try to understand what black lives matter means. As simple as it was, they made it into all that. And I was like, once I heard that slogan, I was like, they don't get it. Like none of the people yeah. that oppose this. But that's are, what this Goldilocks yeah. message principle shows is if someone totally doesn't get it if they're really far mm. on on another side of the spectrum of your belief system or value system you can't start extreme because that's where it's going to backfire yeah. you have to find how do you scoot someone over and that's where i think it's so important to understand your audience and tailor different messages to different groups sure okay so let's try it let's say that i'm a massive meat eater love meat eat it breakfast lunch <laughs> and dinner and for snacks and you want me to go vegan using the goldilocks message method convince me to change my attitude or behavior using the the goldilocks method yeah which is start with a small well it's find a message that's not too small yeah. and not too big you also don't want to go too small so you don't yeah. want to be like okay so here you go so you're 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 tanya the medium yeah are you done were you eating a, a, a live t- turkey <laughs> gobble 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 <laughs> okay well first of all i'd be like you know you've got some bigger issues than like the raw turkey all right you make bad. meat eating sounds mm, are you just regular? delicious meat. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> so i'd be like okay hey hey tanya i see that you you finished your your thing um do you want to see what i have check this out what is it it's a five-week-old baby piglet Oh, and her name is Mina, oh. and she's so sweet. And watch, uh, well, oh, she got zoomies. And then look, if you if you touch her tummy, watch what happens. She plopped. <laughs> oh my right god, over. she plopped over. She plopped right over. Yeah, and she's so sweet. And uh, I love this little pig. We're actually adopting these because her mom was, um, unfortunately, her mom was uh, taken from them and and 
been killed and eaten. But uh, I'm going to, we have these three little piglets. We're going to raise them right so they can see that there's just, you know, that there's people out there that will care for them and such. So, uh, Oh, I'm trying to, okay, though. So, for listeners, I can't tell if Brian is playing along or if he's continuing his campaign that started this Saturday. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. I'm doing the flip. Re- three I'm piglets. doing the flip reversal. Turn the tables, son. So I'm like, this is like meta right now. This is like a meta analysis of my own. I'm hitting you with the example, and I'm hitting you with truth. Boom. <laughs> oh man. I, so okay. What do you think? Would that work for me if I'm a mega meat eater? I think because um, I'll tell you what I see every once in a while with like extreme meat eaters is. Mm-hmm. They see a picture of a cute little pig and they'll be like, mmm, bacon. Picture. Yes. That's why I didn't show you a picture. Oh, I see. Okay. That's why you I showed Nina's you. think Nina's charms would be too much? I think holding a pig, it may not change my mind right there, mm-hmm. but it's going to have me think. Yeah. Like, okay. oh my God, my kids would love, you know, or my, my spouse or my significant other might love a pig in the house because and I guess they're so just smart. Going, oh, then, they're smart. They're sweet. They're cuddly. They're just like oh a gosh. dog in many ways or whatever. Yeah. It's oh, like that's interesting. little piglets are like a cross between an infant a puppy, a kitten, ice cream, Big Red, Dr. Pepper, and sweetness. Yes, I get it. You want the piglets. One. So maybe by the end of this episode, you can try again to convince me to adopt I'm, piglets. I'm not trying to. I don't no, need to I know. You. We have a We're rule that if one of us really, really wants to bring an animal in this house, we then don't we both, need consensus. Yeah, we, we, we don't need. So we may or may not have piglets. But anyway, I digress. So, oh, that's an interesting method. So I thought that you were going to go in the direction of like, how about swapping your beef jerky treats for this other treat? I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that. But that was a hard sell for me. Mm. When I was eating meat, that was a hard thing for me to... First of all, I'm, I'm pickier than a two-year-old who just discovered sugar. So, like, I, <laughs> I, you can't... I'm so picky. So, that won't work for someone like me. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So getting you me went to try with, something different is... It's not... You went with, let's not even talk about food... You're talking about I'm gonna just hey, you probably you already thing. love other animals mm-hmm. and little cute things. Enter Mina into your yeah. heart because look, uh, look when I when I before we went to the the sanctuary the other day, I love pigs. I thought pigs were great. Um, they're great companions. Uh, you know, we we have our pigs here. You know, we've talked about them, but I've never seen a piglet in real life. I've never seen a little pig smaller than my shoe in real life. I've never seen that. Had I seen this 10 years ago... You think it would have changed things? I know it would have. Because, like, this little life that was in my hand and was running up to me and playing with me, a complete stranger, the trust... It, it, it did something to me. Like yeah. I told you before, I was joking around on the way home. I was like, my life isn't the same. That does make me wonder, maybe changing people's minds about eating shouldn't even be a conversation about eating. So, so that's no. something for sure. Like whatever change you're trying to make, thinking about what's something related to it that would kind of prime someone to be more open-minded to the change that you really want down the line. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So that's number one, the Goldilocks message method. Number two, influence intervention number two, is picking low bias topics. What I mean by that is people are much more likely to form a new opinion or change their opinion in areas where they have few existing biases. Okay. So, for example, public opinion change is easier to spark on topics people aren't familiar with or that don't impact them directly. So let's say you want to convince people to support immigration. Uh, how might you do it using this low bias topic strategy for me? I, I have no idea. Especially with something I'm so impassioned about. You yeah. know, like I, it's something I spend time and money on. So think I, about I, what's something maybe around immigration that, you know, lots of people think about immigration and know about immigration. What might be something very, very specific, even if you just make it up, that 
if I'm relatively familiar with immigration policy or immigration issues, I don't actually have an opinion about. Um. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans, a show about interesting and quirky human behavior. We bring humor, empathy, and warmth to topics such as relationships, dating, work, self-compassion, weddings, phobias, aging parents, travel mishaps, death, and many more. Ever wonder what happens at a cuddle party? We talk about it. Free-range kids in restaurants? We've got some thoughts. Bedtime stories for adults? We're on it. Light, fun, unscripted conversation and personal stories. Please join us by clicking the link in the show notes. Workforce, maybe? Like um, increasing the amount of laborers that are entering, like what that will do for building communities, what that would do for um, for construction in general, for uh, uh, redeveloping areas. I guess like that. that one feels a little bit loaded because there's that whole people are moving in and taking our jobs. Well, I'm not concern. talking, well, I'm, the jobs I'm talking about aren't the jobs that people are lining up for. So I it could be like a brand new job. Like it could be um, like operator of this AI machinery that just came to be, you know, so maybe we don't have an association of that job being that should go to people in our Mm -hmm. country or something like that, or in a specific area where people don't know about it. It could also be something very, very specific, like let's change the waiting period from 24 months to 12 months. Or it could be something like, let's not worry about immigration overall. Let's focus on immigration for kids under five years old. So that's the idea. Like the less people have an association with that topic, the more open they are to changing their minds. And if you wanted me to do something different, so going back to meat eating, it's very unlikely that you'll get me to change my diet, but maybe I'll support a corporate campaign or maybe support Burger King's having Beyond Meat or Mm -hmm. something like that. The more it feels personal, the less likely it is that I'm going to change my mind. And the more I know about it, the less likely it is that I'm going to change my mind. Okay. I can see you're not that excited about that one, so I'm going to move no, on. No, no, I'm thinking three. about it. Okay. I, 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 like, it's, it's, you threw it at me, and you're like, give me an example. So I'm right now I'm just, my mind is like racing to see, yeah, like, yeah. just running through so it. So takeaway, I would say options. summary is you will have more success with a lesser known issue or with audiences who aren't familiar with the issue. I guess now I'm just distracted while you're talking, thinking about, well, what other issues? Now, how can I get this into people's head? Like, now my brain is with, like fired with up. The with immigration. Oh, with, with immigration. immigration. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And it can be so difficult for us because the more passionate you are about a topic, the harder it is to step into someone else's shoes. Mm. And naturally, our impulse is to be like, let's find the people who disagree with us most and try to change their minds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, what you want to do is find people who are sort of like, meh, or like, if that wasn't clear as a sound, like neutral. M-E-H, yeah. M-E-H, yeah. (laughs) Like kind of neutral or they don't feel very personally impacted by it. I think what threw people was your inflection of meh. You went, meh. Meh? Yeah, so it sounded Meh? like you were... Yeah, yeah I was like, did I, put, I tried too hard. Uh, and you want people to kind of agree to impersonal changes like supporting policy reform rather than changing individual habits. Yeah. I think that this is where things go bad for big change is mm-hmm. that you go for the people, you go for the extreme and you try yeah. to like hit at the very top yeah. and go up against like... The extreme end of the scale yeah. of the opinion. Right, right, right. And this we saw this with the election in 2016. Like we saw everyone shooting, like volleying at the very top yeah. instead of like talking. Here the, like the, the most exciting Facebook arguments make for the least effective public opinion. Strategies. Oh, I know. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally, totally. 
So yeah, so the idea is like find those audiences who either aren't as familiar with the issue, aren't as impacted by the issue, and those are going to be the ones that are more likely to shift their opinion. Awesome. All right. All right. So number three, pick the right representative for your message. <laughs> we go back to... Exactly. Exactly. Sign so we petition. talked about... Sign the petition. We talked about white people promoting books that mm-hmm. you as a not white person should read to mm-hmm. understand the impact of racism on your own life. Um, so let's say you wanted to convince people to get vaccinated. What type of message representative would you hire to make the biggest impact? Easy. The Rock. <laughs> the Rock? Everyone loves The Rock. So that's it, Everyone, period. That's it. Dwayne Johnson. Let me see what Jamie Harris said about that. Mm. He doesn't know The Rock. No. It's not my problem. <laughs> what makes The Rock an effective representative for vaccines? I guess because he he smiles the way, like you already know him. So he the way when he when he talks and he smiles and you're like oh I, I know the rock you know like you know even though none of us have ever you know we're all like oh wow look at the way he's smiling he's so happy I, I probably know the rock I know the rock I may rock you know whatever uh, if I saw him at like Dunkin' Donuts or something if I saw him at Dunkies uh, I, I think the right representative is great uh, because you don't want someone to wait wait wait, wait. you're, you're is, are you really gonna stick with the rock what if you can't access the rock as your representative give me like a little bit more of a Let's say I want to convince my family to get vaccinated. Gary Knoll. Say more about it for people who don't know who Gary Knoll is. I don't know who Gary Knoll is. <laughs> you just know your, your mom loves him. He's like a holistic, yeah. natural yeah. expert yeah. person. Yeah. Okay, so I see what you're doing there. You're sort of matching who do these people look up to. Or the type of Who people do they that, trust? Yeah, yeah. And then picking them as the representative. Right. So, yeah. What the research shows is that speakers who are perceived as more credible usually have a bigger impact. So, like, if it was Dr. Rock, then perhaps he might have a bigger impact than just The Rock. (laughs) So, like, having a fancy degree from a fancy university. Also, coming across as confident in your delivery of the message. So, if you sound like you're not sure of yourself, Mm -hmm. you're going to be less persuasive. Um, There's just one instance where having less credibility is better. Do you want to guess what that is? Having less credibility. In what instance that would Yeah, benefit? so like if you want to change someone's mind, more credibility is usually better. Yeah. So when it's a vaccine topic, you want someone who either has <laughs> Oh a man, this is PhD a great question. In I don't that, know. In, in, what, in what situation? Or... I don't know. Tell me. This so is think about it for yourself. Are you ever more likely to listen to someone who is totally unqualified than someone who appears to be totally qualified? I don't know. I can't think of anything. So do you want me to tell you what the the research shows? The research shows that if your message supports someone's existing beliefs, a less credible speaker is more influential. Give me an example. I don't understand. Okay, so uh, what's the thing you believe? I I believe in... uh, I believe... uh, (laughs) Shoot, now I'm... I I believe in the existence of aliens. Okay. Uh, you believe in the existence of aliens. Well, don't look at me like that. Don't no, look no, at me like, no. oh, you just asked me to be vulnerable and tell me no, what I no, believe. I get and that. you look at me like I'm bananas. Yeah, yeah. So I also believe in the existence of aliens. Don't try to get in my boat. No, you but... stay over there on your boat. <laughs> get out of my boat. No, no, no. I admit it, ladies okay. and gentlemen. I don't care. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. Yeah. Big universe, ever expanding. Ever expanding. Yes. You want me to pick something else? No, no, no. I believe <laughs> Big Red is better than any soft drink except Dr. Pepper. I can go on with my beliefs. Okay, okay. I believe Wolverine is the best superhero of all time. <laughs> okay. I believe Dracula exists. I'm not going to stop until you pick a belief. Okay, okay. Let's I go believe with the in first Sasquatch. One. No, let's go. Let's go with aliens. Okay. So what the research shows is that if there was like an alien expert who said aliens exist, mm-hmm. that wouldn't really change your opinion. Mm-hmm. But if there was some regular ham and egger, <laughs> like that, is just like. 
hey, I'm, I'm, I'm John. And I believe in aliens. That would actually strengthen your perspective. That works. That's a great example. So, and or or let's use Doctor Pepper. Because I'll tell you this: whenever I watch my my alien uh, documentaries, and I watch a lot, uh, whenever I watch them, and they have <laughs> that like, was plural. I noticed plural. They they have like Doctor So and So, and I'd be like, cool, cool, yeah. He's just telling me what he knows, and but then I see some Ham and Egger. I see some guy named like Hi, I'm Jeff uh, Mullins. And uh, no, no offense if Jeff Mullins is listening. Uh, it's, just, it's just named. I am Jeff Mullins, and this is my experience. I'm like, holy shit, Jeff Mullins. You're more uh, likely. Yeah, like. Or if you believe that Dr Pepper is one of the best drinks out there, I don't believe, I mean, if you had like a taste expert say, "I hereby proclaim Dr Pepper to be the <laughs> best soda," yeah, versus like Mary Jo is like, did you like Dr Pepper is the best of all sodas? What research shows is Mary Jo. Random Mary Joe is going to influence you more than Doctor Doctor Pepper. But I don't need to be influenced. <laughs> I don't need to be influenced. Did you hear my Doctor Doctor Pepper joke? No, what was that? I missed it. Sorry. Well, I just said me, Mary Joe would influence you more than Doctor Doctor Pepper. <laughs> it would be like the someone who has a PhD in Doctor Pepper. And he'd be Doctor Doctor Pepper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah, I heard it. Though. Fine. Fine. Then it was. And I didn't miss it. <laughs> Why, why do you think that might be? Why do you think that like because, less credibility is more influential? Someone with a PhD. <laughs> in Dr. Pepper or Aliens. Oh, it's funny when you say it. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> but someone with a PhD and all that stuff, then they're kind of like on a, like they're on a podium talking to you. Oh, right? and then you're like, who are you to tell me something I already know? Or, or just like, yeah, I, I get that. Like that, it's something I know. I'm not, you know, you're you're the kid in class that knows all the answers. But if I look to my left and Mary Jo and Jeff Mullins are there, <laughs> then I'm like, oh, we can all relate. We're all here together. Okay. And this is just fortifies. So it's like, existence. hey, this is reality as established by the people. Yeah. Because because school isn't a teacher, it's a class. Yeah. Right? So, like, the school of thought oh, here like is all of us. Yeah. Without us, it's you're just one person on a podium. Super interesting. So, as you're thinking about ways that you want to change people's minds, think about whether you want to change people's minds, in which case you want more credibility, or strengthen people's opinion, in which case you want less credibility. So, it's either I have to know things or I have to act like I don't know things. I can do both. I know, it's really hard for you to not be an expert. Are there aliens? I don't even know. But here's my experience. <laughs> okay, so aside from credibility, so things like confidence, things like showing that you have an impressive education and work experience or whatever, mm -hmm. what else do you think makes a speaker more influential? And we can talk about The Rock again if you want. So yeah. you said, so so smiling. Charisma. Charisma, okay. Um, enthusiasm. In research, the, the thing that, that maps to that is likability. Okay, likability. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Passion for the subject. Enthusiasm. Passion, enthusiasm. Yep. Delivery in, in terms of like lightheartedness and variation mm. of delivery. In other words, like, like if I come out there and I'm like, you know, like then all of a sudden. What is that, barking? Sort of. It's like, you know. Uh, Why would you come out and bark at people? If you're like, hey, you better get on, you better get on board with the doctor. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It's the greatest soda in the world. You ain't stupid if you <laughs> But if I'm like, you're the greatest, it's the greatest soda in the world, blah, blah, blah. Here's my experience with it. One day when I was a kid, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, mm. oh, shit. Like, oh, Ooh, okay. So you're going into the thing that we're going to talk about yeah, yeah, next yeah. Uh, and last, which is how to create a persuasive pitch. And that's not who's doing the pitching but how you're doing the pitching okay for now let's just talk about who's doing the pitching. okay so so someone who, someone who could very very <laughs> who could pitch really well then smart Loophole. guy <laughs> someone who could pitch someone who's a great pitcher okay um also i think um see because here's the thing like it backfired with fauci because he had all the credibility he had all the knowledge and people still called him a phony because they didn't want to believe it maybe the thing to have done there is to figure out who are the 
individuals that those people whose minds you want to change to wear masks, who did they look up to? Who did they find credible? Who did they find believable? Yeah, you know, obviously we know the answer to that. Trump. But there could have been. I mean, maybe there the takeaway is like, if your rep of your message isn't working, don't double down. If you're seeing that that's either creating a backfire effect or just not working, then experiment with different representatives. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what politics is. Mm-hmm. It's not like the best person possible for mm, your It's a person team. that people can It's the best trust. person that we can relate to. Yeah. The, I mean, if you think about, uh, who was who it, Nixon versus uh, John F. Kennedy, right? So it was the first televised debate, mm-hmm. the first televised presidential debate, and Kennedy won the hearts well, and minds. One theory around that is attractiveness. Not, not just that, but Kennedy just had a more confident, relatable stance. Yeah. Even though he was the son of millionaires and everything right. and talking about the common man, he still had the most believable thing because you had this other guy that was so used to dancing around questions Mm -hmm. that that old normal became, I can't trust you. I don't understand you. Well, so, and that's actually a really good summary of the takeaways from the research. So it's credibility, trustworthiness. Mm -hmm. Do you come across as trustworthy? Yes, I do. Perceived good. Yeah. I thought you were asking. Yeah. Perceived goodwill. So are you looking out for me or are you just Mm -hmm. looking out for yourself? Uh, Attractiveness helps. Likeability helps. And then a really strong one is similarity between the speaker and the audience. Mm -hmm. So do I feel like you represent me? Mm -hmm. So takeaway here is pick the right rep for the message if that's not you. And if you want to persuade lots of different people, pick a diverse group of representatives. You can't just have one person that's a spokesperson of the idea because that's going to influence some people. But then people who can't identify with that, they're not going to be influenced by that. All right. Ready for number four? I'm Dr. Julie Bruni. And I'm Dr. Jeremy Allen. And we want to be your doctor friends. We are two physicians who work at a nationally ranked practice and take care of some of the world's greatest athletes. We field questions all the time that start with, my cousin told me this, or like a fitness guru sent me a targeted ad about that. We love answering these questions and offering peace of mind to our loved ones. So are you feeling confused? Listen to your doctor friends. Adrift in a sea of medical misinformation? Listen to your doctor friends. Just bored on a Tuesday? Listen to your doctor friends. Come on, let's be friends. Get by with a little help from your doctor friends. Listen to your doctor friends podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, yes, and I think it's a good pitch. I'm going <laughs> to yes. guess. Can I go on it? I think it's per- you have to be able to have a good pitch. Very good. Thank you. So here's tip number four in terms of how to change public opinion and even private opinion. Final test for you. Let's say you want to convince me to work out. Okay. What's your pitch? If I wanted you to work out. Yeah. Craft I, me a good pitch, and then we're going to try to dissect what you did well. And I what would you ask did you first. Poorly. I was like, what about working out interests you? Love your instinct because that's tailoring it to me and helping me come up with my own conclusion. Mm-hmm. Let's say that you couldn't have a one on one conversation and you just had to pitch it. Pitch it to who? A group. Okay, fine. I revise my 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 challenge. Let's <laughs> give, say you give me wanna, specifics. Yes. Where okay. am I? Who you want to create a campaign for a group of people to work out? Oh, you about... want to make working out more common? Yeah. Among the people, among, among, among the people, among the people, <laughs> so, among the pe- people. Listen. <laughs> you want to make working out as common as eating potato chips? So who am I talking to? The people. Just the, the people are just listening to me. Yeah, we're all here. Am I in my house? Am I, <laughs> did I walk out and there's people there? Or am I at like a mall or something talking to a bunch of people? Where do you want to be? I like to be at a mall talking okay, to a bunch of people. Okay, yeah, I like okay. that. Okay, so we're all in a mall 
and we're here, and Which everyone's one? like, just kidding. Uh, everyone's like, okay, Brian Luna has an announcement at twelve forty-eight p.m. Please mall walk over, and uh, I'd be like, hi, everybody. Everyone thinks working out is big biceps, big back, big shoulders, and looking at me, it's obvious that you think that. <laughs> But it's not. <laughs> I'd be like, wouldn't you like to have the confidence to be able to lift things without injuring yourself, to be able to uh, take your dogs, kids, uh, significant others, or whoever, out for a walk, out for a good time, and not have to worry about any pain or any kind of discomfort? Well, let me show you these fun exercises. And it doesn't have to be sitting there uh, looking at a blank wall or having someone yell in your face or having someone sweat all over you. It's about finding a good podcast you love. Like what's what's something you love to listen to or what's something you love to watch? You love to watch TV? Who likes to watch Maury? Maury Povich. I love Maury Povich. I don't think he's still on, but we can watch. Re- I said no audience interaction. Oh, sorry. So, oh, no, this is just okay. hypothetical. Yeah. And so then I'd say, then start treating yourself. Give yourself something and say like, I'm going to watch this 30-minute show, Girls 5 Eva. I'm going to watch Girls 5 Eva. <laughs> What are you waiting five? So I'm gonna, we're going to watch Girls 5 Eva. It's a 26-minute show. What you're going to do is you're going to put this on the lowest setting on your treadmill. And you're going to watch that show. And instead of sitting down, walk and watch it and see what that, see how that feels. So walk and watch. The, and then as you, as this gets easier for you, start watching longer shows. Start watching hour-long TV shows. And then really have fun. And then really let go and see how your body feels. Television is no longer bad for you. Television is the best thing for you because it's your gateway into feeling better, acting better, and having more confidence. What's your favorite show? That's how you start. Okay. Thank you very much. That was actually pretty good. I, should, I realized I should have done that. Like, what you want to do is find out. That's, That's supposed to be Schwarzenegger. But, so you, okay, because you're thinking that. But it turns your... into some French guy at the end. What you want to do? <laughs> yeah, so I forget it's like Schwarzenegger that spent a lot of time in France. Um, were you introducing the accent because you think that would increase your credibility as I a think so. bodybuilder? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, because people can't see you and your awesome biceps. No, no, no. But They're I'm listening saying... at me as we speak. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Baby old right before. That's a trick. Baby old for your podcast. <laughs> wow. So. That was the sound of Brian slathering imaginary baby oil on his bulging biceps. Okay, there were so many yeah. things you did well based on the research here. So let's here compare. Here come the critiques. No, no, no. Well, okay, so, so I'm going to name techniques. That was off the top of my head, too. Oh, like, yeah, no on. prep. So. I know, and I now I can't wait to walk and watch. <laughs> so the checklist, I'm just going to read to you based checklist? on the research. What's with all your weird inflections today? Checklist? <laughs> checklist. Checklist. Thank right. you. <laughs> so this is the kind of a checklist of what are the features of a really effective pitch. Mm-hmm. Number one, reference evidence. You didn't do that one. That's okay. Well, Number was, two. You cut me off. I was about to get into it. <laughs> so evidence seems to be impactful. Number two, recommend concrete next steps people can take. You did exactly that. Ah. So if I try to convince people, but I don't make the concrete action they have to take clear in their minds Mm -hmm. it's very unlikely that they're going to do it number three tell a story particularly a story where i can relate to the characters well i was just about to get into the story (laughs) and the other thing next one is use vivid language like metaphors and memorable examples you had tons of that some disturbing some delightful like (laughs) sitting and staring at a blank wall while someone is sweating all over me i'm not sure that's anyone's workout experience that seems uh, maybe i'm doing it wrong yeah i feel like you're doing it wrong but that was very memorable and it did help me go i don't want that (laughs) so then what do i want (laughs) 
But you went really specific. You you showed me what exercise I'm doing. You told me what show I'm watching. It was really cool. A couple of other ones, uh, or uh, three more I'll share, with, I'll share with you. Refute opposing views rather than presenting a one-sided argument. Mm, I don't think you really did that. So, well, I did say that some people think working out is this. Okay, that's true. And it's not. Oh, no, you it's, did. You did. Oh, high you five. Much. All right, Boom. that's awesome. That's great. Here, you did exactly. <laughs> that's too much baby oil. <laughs> so, um, refute opposing views. So, you don't just want to say this perspective, this perspective, this perspective. You mm. want to say, I know this other perspective exists. Mm. Here's why this perspective is the right one, yeah. though. Invite autonomy by asking people to reflect on their own values and by reminding them that they have the right to make up their own minds. Mm-hmm. So you kind of did that by saying, what's your favorite show? How mm-hmm. do you want to do this? What do yeah. you want? Imagine your life. I thought that was really cool. There was a huge exercise boom in the early 80s, aerobicize and all these other things. We were watching that on that show Physical, but like, mm-hmm. I was there. Like My mom was in it. And one of the things that it did was it shamed people mm-hmm. into not working out. Right? Oh, it created, I think it was uh, that was actually one of the... The ages at the end of the 70s going to the 80s was the the age of the eating disorder, you know, Mm. because people felt like they couldn't get up there, were too shy to get up in in an aerobics class in a leotard and dance around. But what I can do is I can, you know, purge myself after each meal and and whatever. It wasn't a good Goldilocks message. No. Because it was like either you're hopping around with these hot pink tights on or you can't do this or you're not being fit or, or you're not being fit and you're doing mm. a disservice to the people around you and you know mm. and she so started feeling Oof. terrible about yeah you started feeling terrible about yourself and that's where the whole Hans and Franz you know that old uh, SNL sketch with know, Dana Hans Carvey and, and Kevin Nealon where they'd be like we want to pump you up you know in the whole thing and it was just, but basically they were saying if you're not this big you're nothing yeah. if you're not this if you you know if you're not if, this fit if, if you're not, not this thin, fit then you're nothing and yeah. That's what I think a lot about the the modern age of working out right now, like showing different people of different, all walks of life, all abilities that they can actually be fit and and tailor make these exercises, tailor tailor make the exercises. And you can't tell how fit and healthy someone is by looking at them. No, no, and not at all. And, you know, uh, that's why I got to say, like, uh, some of the CrossFit community that's out there is... It's incredible, and it chokes me up to see people that aren't able to do certain things, you know, still being able to do yeah. uh, w- wondrous things. With well, that, that makes me think of the representative of your message, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you probably don't want you as the representative of the message with your oily biceps. Like, But, I, you know, I wouldn't put the oil on when I'm talking to these people. You know, I'd slap it on when, yeah. you know, for like uh, dinner and stuff. You know, For dinner, like, mm, like yeah. Patience. <laughs> Okay, all great points. Last one is you want to appeal to people's emotions. What research shows is that emotions consistently lead to greater persuasion than data. I did that for end. most people. Yeah, you did. You absolutely did. All right, so just quick pop quiz: Which emotions do you think have the greatest influence? Which emotions? Yeah, like which emotions will be most likely to change the way people think? I would say happiness. Like Ooh, happiness and uh, give me some emotion uh, uh, choices. Guilt, uh, fear, no anger. guilt, no fear, no anger. Uh, Sometimes anger. I guess like anger uh, wor- helps in some aspects, eh. but it's not. No, but hold on. Eh. But I was going to say it could help you get started, but it's not. Well, it's so not what's interesting is that what the research shows is that anger usually has little or no effect on changing people's minds. We're not talking about taking ang- action, but in terms of changing people's minds, anger seems to not be very effective. I guess because anger. In our minds, normally, if you have an outlet, yeah, uh, it doesn't stay. 
it like happiness it's can stay. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's, it, oh, it's like, like it's like, like a fast burn. Yeah, because your brain. I think your brain protects our, ourselves from anger by helping us channel it or cycle it through into something mm, else. It's meant for short periods. Exactly. Short blasts, right? It's like hydrofuel or, or like nitric You're oxide. You're using a metaphor to help me explain a thing I understand with a thing I don't understand. Right. Yeah. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you, I think. Uh, but like if you're, you're fast and furious, you're watching the movie and they hit that nitrous oxide thing and they go, it's not meant for long trips. You're not okay. going to go cross country with that. Yeah. But I think anger does help us fuel for action, mm. but it's not sustaining. You can't, yeah, that's like, fair. You can't have a, you can't build a company off of And it of doesn't anger. seem to change my what they found is that guilt and fear tend to be very effective particularly guilt as long as you don't overdo it so Mm. if you push people too hard on the guilt or fear side like climate change right if you're like Mm. you use one more straw and you are destroying the planet for your children if you just make people panic or feel too guilty that can actually freeze people up but what you do want to do is create just enough guilt where people understand if I change my behavior, it will make a difference. Humor, which you used, can be very effective at attention grabbing and for improving recall, but it tends not to be persuasive on social or moral issues. I can see where humor is not going to yeah. win over any uh, anti-abortion. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it can get attention. It can grab attention. So if you're, if you're, what's the deal? <laughs> right. So if you have like a bunch of people walking around the mall. And you just need to get their attention. Starting off with a joke mm. is probably a good idea. But using humor to try to shift people's views doesn't seem to be effective. I think that helps with the third part with uh, likability. Oh, you're right. Maybe that just amplifies you mm-hmm. as a representative of the message. Pride and joy, they seem to be very promising. If you're listening and you are a researcher or have any interest in doing research, this is an area that there we really need research around. For some reason, very little has been done to look at the power of eliciting joy to change mm. people's minds. And then the last one I'll talk about is sex appeal. Yeah. Yeah. It Can't can turn be- that off. <laughs> Even if I, it has I to be in there. Can't do nothing about that. I can't, yeah. I can't tell better or worse without or with the baby oil. You just can't stop with the sex appeal. So like humor, very attention grabbing. One of the most effective techniques, but unfortunately only works when it's relevant to the topic. So for example, if lingerie or if it's a social issue, maybe promoting responsible sexual behavior, but it can actually backfire really badly if you're trying to use sex appeal to promote non-sexy issues. So like the PETA sexy vegans campaign seemed to have had a lot of backlash. But what about like cars? There's always like sexy times at car shows and stuff. At car shows? Or with pharmaceuticals. I guess part of it is attention grabbing Mm -hmm. and just like getting you in the door. I don't think with pharmaceuticals or cars, they're trying to change people's moral stance on anything. Oh, I guess not. I think there they're just like, hey, come over here. Sitting here. <laughs> Put this in your hey, mouth. <laughs> hey, easy. Easy. Take it easy. The family show. Take it easy. Take it easy. Oh, all right, friends. That brings us to the end of part one of this topic. So to summarize, public opinion is very hard to mm-hmm. change. It is possible and it can make a big impact on society, but you have to do it well and you have to do it consistently. For best results, we talked about four interventions. Yep. Number one, craft Goldilocks. Goldilocks messages. So trying to change people's minds just a little bit. Just a little bit. Pick low bias topics. So mm-hmm. go for those topics that don't feel super personal for people. That's the second one? That's the second one. Yep. Yeah. Number three, pick the right rep. Rep. And number four, 
use baby oil on your biceps. No, yeah. I'm sorry. No, number four, punch up your pitch, pitch. using persuasion tactics that we covered so today. So I, I think for number three, can we reword this? I I, don't, I know Jamie Harris is going to get no, pissed. These, no, these are, this was my wording. I won't be pissed. Don't don't take Jamie's research. And no, 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 no. No, no, no. Just, Let's just, uh, Jamie never said pick the rep. So can we say pick, pick the right rock? Pick the right rock. You know, because like this way... It's not just the rock, but like okay. there's another rock. I'm comfortable out with that yeah, revision. Pick the right yep. rock. Okay, great. And uh, and that's it. But we've got a whole bunch more. We're going to be back in two weeks. And then every other week after that, we're back to a consistent back schedule. Back to a consistent schedule or and schedule in Moss. Schedule in Moss to share the rest of the findings from this meta analysis. So we're going to explore questions like what message frames get the best results? Mm-hmm. Do protests work? Does mm-hmm. mass media matter? And do influencers actually have influence? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. In the meantime, please make your opinion count. As nice. I mentioned earlier, please leave a review, spread the yep. word so we can all make positive social change together. And as usual, thank you for listening to Talk, Talk Psych, Psych to, to Me. me. On Mars.